Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 37, Merseyside Magic. Welcome back to that Chess Podcast. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. How are we doing, fella? Yeah, really happy after a big couple of weeks for us. So I'm looking forward to the discussion us four boys are going to have. We've got to make it a good one today, lads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Returning to the pod for the first time since that really disappointing loss at home to Manchester City. It's Jam at Carefree Jam. How are we doing, sir? Oh, what a contrast since that time, man. I was at rock bottom then. Tonight, I am buzzing. <laughs> I'm all good, mate. How are you boys doing anyway? How you doing, yeah, mate? All good? good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's always a pleasure having you on. I'll get you to plug your socials in a minute. And returning to the pod, I believe, from the first time since the corresponding defeat to Everton. It's been a while. It's Jay Tomlins. How are we doing, sir? <laughs> How are you doing, mate? It was a dark time, weren't it? We've all come back from a bad place. I'm great, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, this redemption arc is is something I'm really here for. Um, as always yeah, with our guests, I get them <laughs> to plug their socials and tell the people what they're about. So, Jam, I'll go with you first. Where can people follow you on Twitter and what content are you putting out there for the people? Yeah, awesome, man. Um, so they can find my personal account on um, at carefree underscore jam. Um, and I'm one of the co-owners of the Chelsea Social, so follow the Chelsea Social and the CFCW Social, so that's the women's page. Um, and recently, we've delved into the, the world of YouTube, so we do, like, watch-alongs and um, do occasional streams. So check out the Chelsea Social on YouTube, too. Yep, all their links will be in the description. And as you guys know, we've had quite a few people on from the Chelsea Social, so they're really good guys. Make sure you check them out. And Jay, what about you yourself, sir? Well, I'm also in that scary world of YouTube. It's it's a, it's a weird place, but that's where I'm at. I'm at the back post. Uh, me, a Chelsea fan, a Spurs fan, and a United fan. So we argue a ton on different, various different platforms. So come over if you want to hear that. Yep, and always as also drop Jay a follow on his personal as well. Right, boys. Big big week we've just had. We've started off being Liverpool. On Thursday, Jack, winning at Anfield for the first time since 2014 under Jose Mourinho. How good did that feel, man? Was it the first time since Slippy G, was it? <laughs> uh, might yeah. be after that, yeah. Uh, it must have been. Uh, no, yeah. I think they said it in commentary. It was almost like a Champions League away performance from those boys. That We were absolutely quality. Um, yeah. It's hard to give a man of the match, to be fair. You could easily give it to Mason, Christensen, but everyone was top-notch that night. Um, and a big step towards big step towards that top four. Yeah, 
exactly. Indeed, obviously we had a goal ruled out for offside, you know, because Timo's arm was offside. But as we'll get onto later today, Kai Havertz was disallowed. Goal was disallowed for, for you know for supposedly he he was off his arm. So what is it, boys? What is it? Um, but, but Jam, our goal scorer, Mason Mount, talk to me about that performance from the boy. He was class, wasn't he? Oh my God, Mason Mount. I call him the Duracell Bunny, and that was a name that I gave him because his work rate is just unreal. But I feel like that disrespects him because he's got so much more to his game. That game against Liverpool at Anfield, I don't know what happened to him, but he was possessed. He was absolutely possessed. And I tweeted out from the Chelsea social account that day saying, um, I tweeted out the video of Eden Hazard's goal in the League Cup against Liverpool at Anfield. One way took it round of most of the team and then slapped it in from that angle. I said, Hazard needs to loan out his spirit to one of the Chelsea boys tonight. And I reckon it would be Callum Hudson-Odoi. I was wrong on the player because Mace had it. He was absolutely electric. Every time he got the ball, he was making Liverpool players and midfielders dance. Like They, they were literally like, well, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Everything he did just worked. It was flawless. Um, and that goal was just absolutely fantastic. He just collected that pass from, from Kante. Um, what I must admit is that it was a good pass, but it wasn't like world-class, as some people were saying. It was just a ball into space. Fair play. Well done. Well done for doing your job, Kante, there. That is, it. That is a decent Ooh. pass. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, Mount's collected it and he's just stood up for Fabinho and Trent can't defend. I mean, we saw it there. I don't know what Trent was doing, but Fabinho's just been sold by him and Mount's made them dance, cut inside, just whipped it bottom bins. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. And do you know what? I see him do that and I think, Mount, you need to do that more often. I mean... Look, we're going to get to it, but today he came on off the bench and I felt like he had a few opportunities to do it again versus Everton. But that's a different story. Well done, Mount, for that performance. He was absolutely fantastic. Great goal. Match-winning goal. Well done. Yeah, his stock just continues to rise. Uh, Jay, the midfield duo was Jorginho and Kovacic. Uh, Jorginho and Kante, sorry. Fair to say those boys absolutely ran the show. Yeah, no, uh, it... it... It's, it was very refresh, refreshing to see Kante at his best, I think. Um, not to discredit Kovacic, but he's been playing very consistently for a while now, so we all know what he brings. But seeing Kante back to his, you know, the way we used to see him a couple of years ago, and he's not quite been there, but he's starting to find that again to, now. And in that game, he was just he was just brilliant. He was doing exactly what Kante does best. It's sweeping, it's covering, it's all this and that. Doing his job, uh, <laughs> as Jam put. Um <laughs> And just just on the on the Mason Mount goal, real quick, it's one of them ones, weren't it? Where it was like a oh, go on, oh, oh, and it just kept going and going. He kept running and running, and then he just whacked it in. It was just beautiful. Um, and just everything just seems to be clicking, doesn't it? And uh, we can you can go. I was trying to pick out something from today's game, and the same with last game. It was like a who, what player stands out? What does this and that? It's not it's not none of that. It's a solid team performance that we're, we're watching now. The, from the defence right up to the attack, it's all clicking. Yep, no, it was superb. Uh, Jack, Andreas Christensen. I mean, we'll probably, you know, my game to talk <laughs> about today against Everton, but wow, that boy, again, he won yeah. man of a match from Skype. Fair enough decision with me. Him and, you know, yeah, I guess definitely. him and Antonio Rudiger, top performances. Yep, again, which we're loving to see. And I just think, I think, I said, well, I said it before, like his technical ability on that ball is is second to none. So this back three suits him really well. But I almost think it's, it's honestly, it's almost like having another Jorginho just behind him. The way he can pick the ball up and play it under pressure, because there were so many circumstances with, you know how Liverpool like to press, get onto people. I know you can argue they're not doing it as much as they did last season, but they're still getting to him and you put one foot wrong there and they're, they're in on in on goal and so many circumstances there he just his aware spatial awareness his technical ability was brilliant and then him reading the game as well that night so many um interceptions and he just just did everything really well and thoroughly thoroughly deserved being awarded being awarded man of the match yeah another top form and again as we'll get on to it the Everton games are playing those passes or creating chances for us mm-hmm. again tonight. No, it was an absolutely huge, huge performance against Liverpool that got us a vital three points. And that led in to today's game against Everton. Now, boys, I guess Mason Mount was rested. 
and it meant Kai Havertz started and boy did that boy turn up he delivered <laughs> you know we've been we've been looking for a sign from him we've been looking for something but jam that Kai Havertz performance he just wreaked absolute havoc on that Everton side didn't he yeah you had it right there don't call him Kai Havertz call him Kai Havertz mate <laughs> that was all he was doing, wreaking havoc across the whole team, man. It was peak for them. But look, look, I'm I'm happy. And the thing is, I I must admit, I'm gonna hold my hands up and you know, it'd be great if more people could do this. I got it wrong with Kai, because I said before the game, I saw him starting and I wasn't sure. I just thought he hasn't played in weeks and now he's been thrown into a big game against Everton. I was a bit like, mm, we might see a performance that shows a player that hasn't actually is a match fit. It was the opposite. He has, naturally, he's got this nonchalant style of play. Um, and I think when he's played previously, it's been quite frustrating because he's been a little bit too slow for the pace of the game. Um, today, he was on it. He's sped up his play and it really showed. Like, he knew the times to slow it down. He knew the times where he had to speed it up. He was chasing down the opposition. He was getting involved, getting busy. And that word there is underrated. Being a busy footballer is probably one of the most annoying things to play against, you know, as a trait. Genuinely, it's so annoying when someone is just all over you. Whether, you, whether you've got the ball or they've got the ball, they're everywhere. It's just so annoying. And he was busy tonight. Maybe he's getting that from Mace because it's infectious. But honestly, having him on the sidelines looks like it's paying off now. So maybe this might happen with the other players like Pulisic, you know. Um, maybe the time in the sidelines in training and working hard and getting used to the style of play, getting used to the formation and, you know, just generally working hard is probably a good thing. So Kai Havertz, man, if he's going to play like that, he's going to be starting way more games. He looks better than Hakim Ziyech, that's for sure. Yeah, obviously, Jay, that first goal, unfortunately, was given as a Ben Godfrey own goal, but obviously Kai Havertz playing that. But Marcus Alonso was in. Obviously, Ben Chilwell started against Liverpool left wing, but I guess we didn't touch on him, which shows, you know, he's pretty solid. But Marcus Alonso, I guess we saw what he is, what he can offer in an attacking sense with a brilliant ball into the box that led to that first Everton goal. First Chelsea goal against Everton, sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, this it goes to the show, isn't it, that we, like, I mean, I, I'm going to talk for myself, I don't want to talk to you, for any of you lads, but... Got no clue what we're on about. I was a bit, saw the lineup. I was like, oh no, Havertz has come in. Uh, Alonso, I just enjoyed uh, Chilwell playing. Alonso's come in. And then all of these boys are just having great games. And uh, yeah, we know what Alonso can bring. He's he's the one of the best wing backs in the Prem, if not the best. Um, it's just what it's the defensive capabilities that I worry with him. But to be honest, the way we're playing, we don't need him to depend, defend. Uh, and I think Tuchel's a smart fella and he knows when and when not to play these players. He knew he knew last week we might have needed, the last game we might have needed Chilwell and he knew today that we could have done with Alonso whipping balls in and it worked absolutely perfectly. Yeah, Jack again, you know, after two, you know, pretty strong performances and Golo Kante was on the bench and we were back with the Jovicic duo and again, I thought, you know, they pulled the strings in there again and again. Mateo Kovacic just so combative in midfield, you know, which winning those balls and going in for all those tackles, you know, against a pretty solid, you know, Everton midfield, you know, the likes of Allen, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, we managed to, you know, dominate the midfield battle really, didn't we? Again, yeah, against a physical team as well. That's something we we definitely on here put them put them down and say, could they cope against that kind of team? Um, and Again, Trump's up. They've done that. Controlled the game. Nice to see Jorginho get on the score sheet again. The hop and the skip still scares the shit out of me, but he's put it in the back of the net and that's the main thing. But can I just say about the defence as well, just going on from the the physicality, I thought Azpi and Zuma today were absolutely quality. Their their aggression from early on... (laughs) the usual Sunday league term, let them know you're there early. But <laughs> those two were on to Richarlison, on to Calvert-Lewin, who are always up for a battle. And they they came up trumps to them as well. And it just shows how much these these players want it at the moment. And we're, we're, we're flying at the moment. Don't want to jinx it, but we're, we're doing really well. Just yeah. to uh, just to say, sorry, Nick, just to say as well, um, Havertz at the start of the season when he was struggling, looked like he was really struggling with the physicality and then today he showed that he's you know maybe you know 
stepped it up a bit in that area. You know, he was kind of aggressively dominating the ball, going in for tackles, whereas at the start of the season, he was getting a bit bullied um, by some of the defenders in the league. So you can see that he's come along from that now. And I think that's, with him, it's a, it's a great option to have playing him up in that false nine, nine role, if you like, tonight. Yeah. Um, with, with the others, some of the others not performing as much that, you could be see you could be seeing a uh, uh, Mason, Ziek and Havertz up top. You, we've got so many options. Pulisic in there as well. Um, so I think it's quality for us going forward because, um, yeah, it's quality. Yeah. Before I want to get on to maybe the one slight negative of tonight, which was Timo Werner and his finishing <laughs> jam, Callum Hudson Odoi. I thought, you know, obviously he didn't play against Liverpool, but he was, again, a lively showing from him today. You know, he created created some chances, just didn't have people putting them away. And again, Andreas Christensen as well, Jack sort of touched on it earlier, but his his actual ball distribution leading to some good chances we created as well. Yeah, Cho, man, he's, he's such a good creator. He really is. You, you actually look at the underlying stats as an indicator to his style of play and what he's good at, obviously. And his, his chance creation stats, ball carries, you know, they're, they're really good. Um, and you can see it today. He's got good vision. He, he can execute a pass. And I think I, I like to call that type of a player a troublemaker because he's going to cause trouble to opposition defences. Um, and I, you can argue that Chelsea have sometimes lacked troublemakers throughout the season, you know, based on maybe our style of play or whatever it may be. So it's really good to see Cho coming out in a game like this, it's still causing trouble to the opposition, um, really pinging the passes. And he's turning out to be quite a versatile player. <laughs> he can literally play a number of positions. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm so happy to see it because I knew that there was a player in there and he's really playing with a smile on his face. And I think if you've got a player that is a troublemaker like Cho, who's got the skills that Cho's got, and they're playing with a smile on their face, they're enjoying their football, then you're only going to see them go up and up and up. You know, their performance levels go up and up and up. Effort levels always higher. Do you know what I mean? You need that from those type of players. So, yeah, big up Callum today. You know, on another night, he gets an assist. Um, it, it's just one of those. It's a solid performance. Um, and, you know, if you look beyond just goals and assists, he, he'll be up there in, in, his, in his rating, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess, you know, Jay sort of touched Andreas Christensen, you know, again, you know, we've sort of said, you know, he's sort of overcoming his demons, I guess. You know, he against La Everton at Goodson Park last year, he got sort of absolutely ragdolled by Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But again, today he managed to deal with him pretty well. And all these sort of tests he's coming up against, you know, he's passing. And look, I sort of said it to Jack, I think, last time, but we're not really missing Thiago Silva at the moment, which is a big statement for how well this defence is performing. He's generally he's going to struggle to get back in the team, and who who would have thought we would said said that three week three four weeks ago? You never would have thought that. Um, and just going on from Christensen and his ability on the ball, I remember seeing him in his youth days down at Chelsea in the youth teams, and he wasn't always a centre back. He used to play CDM as well, so, so that that's massively helping him helping him in this role and. That's why I sort of likened him to the Jorginho with the with the ability he's got on the ball. Yeah, and a special, you know, with Callum and uh, obviously Andreas Christensen tonight. Ten, uh, the game against Everton marked this uh, means Chelsea have now handed at least one uh, academy graduate named at least one academy graduate and been in the starting eleven for a hundred consecutive matches, which is the longest run in the Abramovich era. So you know we're in fairly fairly good hands oh Jay but one negative Timo Werner how did he not get on the score sheet tonight man how do we have to talk about this <laughs> uh, <laughs> um listen oh this is a, 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 a ropey one um I, I don't know how he did it. it I guess it's a curse or something I don't know there's some sort of voodoo going on uh, I'll give a bit of praise to to Pickford. He was he was really good today. We probably could have won four 0 not just from Werner's goals, but from some other saves he made. Um, so give credit to that. Even though he's a mental man and gave away the penalty, he is he's got that in him. Um, but yeah, Timo should have scored one of the two at least. I don't know what's going on with with Timo. Like he, the whole team's playing with confidence. It's not a confidence issue now. There's just something 
not quite right with him, and I and I I can't put my finger on it to be honest. Yeah, it is. It's it's painful to be honest because you know you want Timo to oh yeah to succeed and and Jam look credit to him. He sort he's getting in the you know the spaces. He is sort of actually helping himself with the opportunities, getting in the positions for them. But then he but just the final that final the final shot is just is just lacking, isn't it? Oh man, do you know what it is? Um, Timo. Unfortunately, he's he's um he's not playing instinctively as a striker. He's he's um overthinking everything, in my opinion. And what happens when you overthink stuff? You start to stiffen up, and you're not fully relaxed. So you start to almost snatch at things, and you, your touch goes, and you know you, you just you're never gonna get set properly to take a shot, and your shots are just never gonna be how you want them to be. I think when he was at Leipzig, when he was the big fish in a small in a smaller pond, um, and he was just he came through the ranks with them in a sense, um, or they got promoted, didn't they? He he just he felt at home there. He, he was just absolutely fine. And I think coming to Chelsea now, he's not the only good player here. And I think it's easy to kind of fall off the tracks like this. It, this can happen, and you start to question: Are you going to start? Are you going to play? Um, what does everyone else think? Are they going to pass me the ball? Like you start, all of these weird questions start to come into your mind. And I think whilst he wants to do well, whilst he's going to keep working his socks off, I was going to say something worse, but he's going to keep work, <laughs> working his socks off. Um, I just think he's overthinking everything. Definitely. And I felt like when Tuchel came in and he put him on the bench first game, oh no, out of the squad even, something like that, I thought he needed a bit of an extended time away from the squad just to kind of work hard in training a bit like what's happened to Havertz and what's happening to Pulisic. I think he needs that because I just feel like right now it's just not going to work for him. It's just like a broken record. It's frustrating. And you, you could you could say there's an argument for playing these players into four, but how long have we been doing that for? And I'm not giving up on Timo. I'm really not giving up on him. I'm just saying he needs a break mentally. When he comes back and he's got that fire in his belly comes off the bench, maybe gets a goal, and then he, he does that twice or something, and then, then he can start to start. Or he plays games where we're playing teams like Liverpool that have got a stupidly high line. Um, you know, maybe Leicester's another one that play like that. But I just think in these games, it, not for him. Yeah, he needs but, space. And we're going to get on to that with the questions now, given those are our next opponents, our leads of the weekend. Uh, got two questions on a similar note, so I'll include them in the same one. Andrew's question is, Kai is a nine or ten for Atletico, and where does Timo inevitably play the Leeds? And then Ryan's question: What would would you keep the same front three for Leeds? So Jack, would you keep the same front three for Leeds that started today, which was Callum, Timo, and Kai? No, Mason's playing. Mason's playing. I'm sorry. So one of them is going to drop out. Whether Callum's playing right wing back, I'm not sure. Um. After a performance like today, where he was definitely man of the match, you, you'd want to see Havertz starting again, I think. But then uh, Leeds, those lot, uh, like headless chicken going forward, they'll have about eight men forward, so we could kill them on the counter-attack. So that could be a perfect game for Werner. So, uh, I don't know, I could see it being a Mount Havertz-Werner, to be honest. With Callum at wing back, I'm in. I'm in exact agreement. That's what I'd like to see. Jam Jay, like to see that. I think, yeah, I think Havertz needs to play for the fact that if he's going to play for the Atletico, continue his form after today, uh, build up even more confidence, take it into that game. Uh, so for sure, I think Havertz needs to play. Uh, I agree with Jack as well. With you and Jack, with Mount Mount's just incredible. He's had his rest now. He doesn't need too much. Get him in. <laughs> Uh, and then for the for the final spot, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Werner playing again. Like you said, he's going to have a lot of space um, against Leeds, so I can see that happening. But I, it's a weird one because after just what Jam just said, the way he needs his rest, it's like, I guess this is the problem, isn't it? It's like you could see him doing well in this game and getting a goal, so you play him, but then you are, oh, no, he needs a rest. And, or, but you can play in this one, so, yeah, it's a difficult one. But Leeds, you know, I think arguably our best performance under Lampard this season was against Leeds. They were just... You know, they were just so easy to beat. So maybe put Werner in for that. Fair enough. Yeah. Jam. Yeah. I think um I think Jay said it there, to be honest. Um 
it's a bit of a Nelly and Kelly dilemma, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's, oh man, I mean, I, do you know what? I'd actually play him in this game. I, I would. Um, mm. It contradicts what I was just saying, but <laughs> it's Leeds, man. Any, anyone else, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they play with the highest line known to man. So yeah, I remember last time he was getting in for fun. So let's do it. Let's let's get him, let's give him a go in this one. I like that front three: Mount, Havertz, and uh, Timo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the only thing I'd say is, and I, I'm not sure if we're going to need it as much, but where I descri- described before, troublemaker in Callum Hudson Odoi in one of the attacking positions. He has an insane amount of ball carries, which literally gets the ball into the box quite quickly. I don't know if any of those three particularly would do that to his level. But, you know, maybe he's playing right wing back, so we'll see. Might that have enough movement to do it. I also, I'm sorry, on the uh, the other kind of question that was in that, uh, was Havertz as a nine or a ten. I think for the Leeds game, he goes for a nine, false nine, whatever. Uh, but then for the Atletico game, I think we drop him back into the 10 because he needs to kind of play where Mason Mount would be playing in that game. Uh, so And then that allows you to bring in like someone like Giroud, who's, you know, he's having a great time in that tournament. Uh, so that's the way I see it. So get him in the game, false nine for the next one. One after that, drop him back a little bit. Yeah, yeah I can I mean, see him playing Giroud as well. Definitely. Especially, yeah, given the option. As we mentioned, that might actually be a game to potentially bench Timo and then needs be if yeah. Atletico are chasing it later then space will be left in behind and Timo can can run on um, exactly yeah. yeah okay uh, next question comes in from Dean Mears he goes seem to we seem to be much more fluid going forward without a recognised striker what does this mean for Tammy Abraham and Olivier Giroud so that's now three match day squads in a row Tammy's been left out of uh, there weren't two there weren't two left wing backs on the bench this time though so you know praise the lord for that one, um, but Jack, what does this sort of mean sure. for Tammy and Giroud? Um, for Tammy, three in a row that's not looking too good, is it? So, um, I don't know, it looks like it could be, could be toast for him, but we'll have to see. Um, as for Giroud, um, I've said it before with his age, you just need to pick your moments with him, so um we get him in for these these big Champions League games, these experienced games where he can hold the ball up, where he can bring those creative players in, I think that's that's the perfect role that he can play. So he's still going to be a big part of this team this season, no doubt about it. And then, like I mentioned earlier, um, just Havertz playing that well today in that false nine role gives us another option. So um, he could possibly do a job for us too. Yeah, fair enough, Jay. Yeah, it's um, it's one of them, isn't it? I think Tuchel is is a very smart guy, and he and he, he adapts on who we're playing against. So, you know, and we have we have so much variety, like you said. We've got now we've got Havertz that can play like a false nine strike kind of role. You got Giroud, who's a, the target man to play up. You got Tammy, who's a bit of a hybrid of the both because he's got a bit of speed. And there's also the option of not playing a striker at all, or having a fluid front line. So, I'm perfectly fine with kind of adapting to the opponent and seeing how that happens. Um, obviously, it can get ropey at times, but um, for, for now, I'm happy with that. And on the Tammy situation, um, people need to leave him alone, man. <laughs> He's a good player. He's got goals in the Chelsea shirt this season. People seem to forget the last, what happened at the start of the season. He's still good. And it doesn't mean he needs to go the second. He's not in two games. Um, he's a good player. He can come good. He's, I think, you know, Giroud is phenomenal but he's getting towards the end of his career we need to make sure we ha- keep a hold of a proper number nine like Tammy who has potential to go f- and get better Fair enough, Jam, any thoughts to add to that? Yeah, it's um, right here and now it might look slightly peak for Tammy um, but Jay's right, ultimately you know, just because he's not in two games doesn't mean that that's the end. You know, we've seen a lot of rotation. We've seen a lot of remontadas this season within the squad. It's going to change by the end of the season. You know, in two months, he, he may be on a you know, five-game goal-scoring streak. You know, you never know. Um, he just needs to keep working hard. He just needs to keep his, his head up. Um, and hopefully his chance will come. I think the thing with Tammy is um, he 
needs to he needs game time to develop, and he is still developing. He's a young striker. He's twenty three, I think. Um, but his current output, it, what he can do on the pitch, is that what Chelsea need to get to where they need to be to be a, one of the elite teams? It's hard. Can we afford to give him that game time? It's really hard. That's that's the, that is the problem right now. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that works out for Tammy. Um, for Giroud, I think I, you know, he's going to be in the French squad, and I think that's all he cares about right now. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, he wants to. He wants to. You know, go and slap it up for them. Try and get Thierry Henry's record. So, um, I think he's okay with the game time he's getting with Chelsea, and I, I think he will get game time. I think right now he's ahead of Tammy Abraham. Um, but you know, we have seen Timo Werner start up front instead of them. We've seen Kai Havertz tonight starting that position. So. Yeah, Giroud will get his chance in the right games. Tammy, yeah, he's going to have to show something in training, I think, just to get back to it and really mm-hmm. get his head down for the next couple of weeks, maybe. Then he will get a few shouts, mm-hmm. I reckon. Yeah, I think with Tammy, unfortunately, he's just not really shown anything under Tuchel so far. And he has had opportunities. Maybe, you know, you can say slightly harsh to be subbed twice at half time, but he has actually... I think, been given minutes, which in comparison to, say, someone like Christian Pulisic, I think maybe someone like Pulisic can maybe feel slightly hard done by by the opportunities he's got. I mean, I don't know what he's meant to do with a two or three minute cameo off the bench today. So, yeah, with Tammy, I think he's got to work hard. It's a question, you know, the Harlan links are there. They don't really seem to be going away. Is, is that like potentially an outside factor? You know, not signed the contract. Um, Berners, like the new signing, but you know, while we may not, while football should be a meritocracy, there's obviously going to be pressure from upstairs to try and get him to to come good and get him to work in this side. And to be fair to Timo, although he's not got the goals, I think most games he still contributed in some way positively. Just you know, not got the goals we'd like. So look, it's up to to Tammy. He's got you know, for most of his Chelsea career, he's not really been challenged hugely to be honest you know we thought Werner coming in he would be but then Frank's put Werner out wide and Tammy was still up top and last year Tammy was basically unchallenged for for that striker role till till injury so now now's the time I think for Tammy to step up but at the same time given how he's you know plied his trade on loan you know separate loan spells I wouldn't you know hold it against him if he decided yeah I'm not gonna hang around anymore and and fight for a potential place if we did get a new striker. So it, it's interesting you, times. Go you on, could Jack. see him going to like a Leicester or somewhere like that, I think. Replace Mr Vardy up front with his pace. But I, I think, I know he does. He hasn't scored enough big goals against big teams, Tammy, but I think he does get a lot of disrespect from the fans. His his record for us is is pretty damn decent and and to think that he has never really taken penalties either so um yeah I just think it's harsh on him but he like we said he just needs to get his head down work hard and he's still 23 he's still a youngster so he's still got time on his side and and he can develop to be a great striker but at this moment in time is is Tammy Abraham good enough a good enough striker for a team if we want to challenge for the title? The answer is no. But yeah. if if he does get that game time, then potentially we could see that because he does have great qualities. Yeah, I think it's a balancing act, really. The fact that, you know, we want to be patient. You know, we want to, you know, be patient mm-hmm. with him given time, but we also need to get that success and we need to be challenging and competing for higher honours. And unfortunately for him, I think he's probably in one of the, few positions on the pitch where there's not he's not really going to perhaps be afforded that luxury you know his job in the team is to score goals he's got it you know a different task to other players we've seen someone like Mason you know we say we you know only say he needs to add more you know goals and assists to his games to be fair he can't get assists if the strikers ain't finishing the chances but um but he's got to you know try and improve his output but the fact is that also that he's you know this season particularly he's not really had any competition from any of our other midfielders for his spot so look it's an interesting one I think Tammy's in that tough position you know he was brilliant last season he was sort of at the front of this sort of youth revolution 
with Mason Mount, but you know, Chelsea have spent money and you know, striker is a position where you know, there's you're not going to have as long a lease of life, I don't think, as other positions. So it's it's tough, it's ruthless, but yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't know on Tammy. Hope I'd love to see him turn it around to Chelsea, but I just don't think realistically the time will be on his side or offered to him. But we shall wait and see. Next question comes in from Christopher. He asks, last three games, we've seen a rotation in the central midfield. One game, uh, J5 cover. One game, Kante cover. One game, J5 Kante. How do you feel the rotation of the three, all uh, very specific skill sets, changes how we play in that central area in both attack and defence? All three look comfortable, whomever the partner. So, Jam, I'll, I'll go to you that one first. Quite, quite a long, big question, Matt. That is a big question, but I think um, this is one of those where you want to appreciate what each player can bring without disrespecting another, you know? Um, I think if if we could be objective when we're looking at it, there will be games like tonight where Jovacic was... I mean, this isn't even in hindsight. It was probably clear to see that Jovacic was the pairing to go with um, because we're going to dominate the ball. We're going to dominate possession because Everton, when they play away... They sit back a little bit. So play them. And then that's good because people say that we played Kante too much. So actually, he's getting his rest and we've still got a good pairing in there. Uh, there will be games like when we played at Anfield where Kante needs to play. You know, um, I, I actually think they complement each other. And I think they're all happy to not play if as long as it's going to be, you know, one or two games max. And I think we can literally rotate them depending on the opponents. So... I don't think there is a problem there at all. I actually think for the rest of this season, we are looking pretty good in this formation. Jovacic, the, the, the worry with them is that they're, def- you know, defensively they're not as good, but the formation covers them. So they've been absolutely fine, almost flawless. So whatever the combination, I think that you can only you try and look at the positives and you'll see the positives. If you try and look for negatives, you might try and make up negatives, if that makes sense. I, I think it's actually beneficial to have one of them not playing. Uh, I think it's a good thing for rotation, yeah. so it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and sorry, I was I was going to say as well. Like um, the argument's always been: uh, is it Kante? Is it Jorginho? Is it Kovacic? Which one are we playing? Two shots just gone. All of them at different times, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's gone. Oh, you're right. That that might work because obviously uh, games where we might have more of the ball, Kovacic, Jorginho works. The games where we might have less of the ball, get Kante in, and that works because he retrieves possession. It's like it it was a, a relatively easy fix, um, and yeah, I'm happy to see that going forward. Exactly. I mean, Kante off the bench is a brilliant option. We saw you know oh, tonight yeah. again him just winning the ball back in those high areas for Everton and leading us to to create chance. I guess you know say it's game dependent. So I guess if we go look J five cover was tonight you know and as I said they hand we discussed earlier they handled the midfield battle well you know cover was you know really combat combative as I said getting stuck into tackles you know there's a moment I think where he actually sort of sat on the ball and sort of, sort of uh, twisted or you know in, in sort of one like motion and then like managed to give a ball away somehow um, and you know we see we know what J5 does you know we can do with his passing range and I think you know there were a couple of balls over the top tonight as well and then as I say we saw with you know Kante cover against Man United that actually complemented really well you know especially dealing with United's pace on the counter-attack Kante you know was able to intercept balls in dangerous areas cover was able to progress the ball upfield and then you say Kante was also able to win the ball back in in high areas meant Kante J5 against Liverpool you know against that Liverpool midfield of was it I can't even remember Milner, Wijnaldum whoever else, you know, they managed to, you know, run the show really, you know, Kante winning the ball back quickly and then Jorginho dictating the play. So as I say, it works. And this is, this is one thing I do think you do have to give immense credit for Thomas Tuchel on. And we, we have got a question on him a bit later, but for his, you know, the way he views the game and all his decisions, they're paying off at the moment. You can't question any of his choices, you know, as, as Jam said, you know, the start a bit underwhelmed at the lineup tonight. You know, I was I was underwhelmed. I thought, geez, you know, it's a big cool dropping Mason, you know. But then as time grew by, I was like, well, actually, we've got Atletico soon. He's not going to play in that. 
you know, we need to to do it. So look, I think credit to him. He's his his changes are fully fully working, and it's not just even in midfield. They said, "I'll bring it back to the wing back today." We play and and sort of the centre back. You know, we've got a physical opponent in Everton. Kurt Zuma comes in. While he may not be as good on the ball as Rudiger or Christensen or whatever, you know, he's able to deal with that physicality threat. And then Alonso as well in that wing back role, certainly against Everton's more physical side compared to to Liverpool, Man United, and you know, not being tested perhaps by the pace in those sides certainly helps. I think you know, Tuchel cool credit to him. He's doing the matchups really well at the moment. Um, right, I think that sort of summed up that question. Unless anyone else has got anything to add to it, uh, next question comes in from Cheyenne. He asked, "Every player who is coming into this team is stepping up big time, and while it's a fabulous headache for Tuchel, how does he go about the upcoming games in terms of team selection?" Jack, uh, boy, he's got a fat headache, doesn't he? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got options all over the park, and. It's, it's great to see. Um, what do you want to know? What my team is going for the next game? Or okay, go on. What's what's your it's, what's your it's... team for Leeds? I'll get everyone's team for Leeds. Uh, Mendy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 19, 19 out of thirty clean sheets. I mean, he, I know he's not being tested at the moment, but like against United, he had one shot from McTominay that he was completely unsighted at and he did the job, kept that out. So once when he's been called upon, he's done the job. Before um, you go on, I, I think... will say as well today, I did not have a heart attack when he was on the ball as much as I have in previous games. <laughs> so credit to him for that today. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. continue, Jack. Yeah, he is, he is sketchy on the ball, isn't he? Jesus. Um, I think he'll go back to Rudiger Christensen as P. Um, I don't know. You've got options there: Chile or Alonso, then Hudson Odoi or Reese James. If you if you go in the Mount Havertz Werner, then maybe you'll see Kalama right wing back. Um, I, f- I think he might go uh, uh, Jorginho Kante again because Leeds like to get forward. Kante getting those recovering the ball, getting those turnovers and then allow us to go on the counter-attack. So I think he might go those two. And then the front three we said, so Mason, Havertz and Werner. Fair enough. Yeah, Jam, I guess I'll get your team fleet as well. But also, you know, Shams, you know, that very valid point. While Hakim Ziyech, I don't think, set the world alight against Liverpool or Man United, there certainly were improvements from what we've seen previously. And then obviously Kai Havertz coming in tonight. And as we said, he ran the show. So credit to Tuchel for that, but what sort of your team selection for, I guess, upcoming games? I'll just go Leeds. Yeah. Um, so, Mendy, keep the back three as it is. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Because when does Silver come back in? Because <laughs> <laughs> you've I got keep it... soon, yeah. I think yeah. he might. Yeah. <laughs> He has to keep it as it is, actually. If it's not broken, don't fix it, unfortunately, for Silva. That, you know, that can happen to anyone. If the team's doing well without you, oh, sorry. Mm. Um, mm. So I'm sure he'll get his chance in some way, shape or form anyway. Um, so, yeah, back three. Aspi, Christensen, Rudiger coming back in for Zuma. Um, so I agree with Jack on that. Right wing back, Callum Obstin-Odoi. I think maybe that's why he went off early today. Good say. Um Game was done by then. So right wing back, Kalamata Zadoy, Jorginho Kante, Kante in for Kovacic because, yes, Leeds are quite busy. So, you know, Kante would be very useful in that. Um, maybe we can get a few counters from his interceptions or tackles. Um, and then left wing back, Chilwell, uh, Mount Werner Havertz uh, as a front three. Jay? It's a difficult one. Um, I agree with a lot of these lads have just said. Uh, I think one of the big changes that I'd probably have would be Reese James at wing back, just purely because uh, Leeds do like to attack. They do like to get 50 men forward. So just having a, someone that's a bit more defensive, uh, just, I mean, I don't know. I, I say that, but we're really solid at the moment. But just to get someone on there who does more defensive work uh, will help. And then with Thiago Silva, for me, I, when 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 we brought him up just then, I thought, 
well, want him in the Atletico game because of his mm. class and his experience. But then I thought it'd be really harsh just to throw him into that game um, after an injury. So maybe you do play him against Leeds um, and just so he has a game of, of just behind him to get into this one. Also, just to roll out any niggles, because say if he wasn't fully fit, gets to the Madrid game and then hurts himself even more. So, Who are you um, dropping, Jay? That's, that was, that's the question. Who's, mate. who's that's going? Question. Oh, God. Um, for me, well, the thing is, Thiago goes in the middle, doesn't he? But that's where Christensen's thriving. Um, so for me, out of everyone, I'd probably drop Asby and have him out on the right because he has the, the, the ball-playing abilities to go. I know it's controversial maybe, but he's got <laughs> the, the ball-playing abilities to get it out to the right wing-backs and the wingers. Um, and then maybe keep Christensen in the middle because of how well he's doing. Um, but that would be my thought. That would only be for Madrid uh, more than anything, like more than the Leeds game. And that's not uh, because Asby's been playing get bad because he's been playing brilliantly. It's just uh, more of a eye on the, on the future. Fair enough. I think I'm in agreement with Jam for Leeds. Mendy in goal, Aspi, um, Christensen, Rudiger, Callum, Chili B. Georgie, Kante, Timo, Mount and Kai. I think that'll be the team going forward for Leeds. But yeah, certainly, he said, what's nice though, the fact is that we do actually sort of have that selection headache, but we've basically mm-hmm. lacked for, for most of the season. You could normally name a starting 11, you know, be fairly predictable. So it's nice that we have got um, those options in there. Right. Next question comes in from Harry. He goes, where does Tuchel rank in terms of results in his first 11 games at a new club? So obviously we don't have a stats off the top of our head. I don't know what the best like Chelsea managers start after 11 games is. I'd imagine it's probably Mourinho the first time around. Um, But credit to him. I'm just going to use this question as a chance to basically dig up Tommy Tuchel and have a bit of a loving for him because he's done a great job. Jan, we've conceded two goals under him one of them was an own goal how good is the job he's done you know so far for us big up too cool man because i was unsure um hold my hands up again i got it wrong um not to say i didn't really rate him i just was i wasn't really on it and he's just come in and absolutely thrown out in my face so fair play <laughs> he's come in and he's fixed a problem He's he's fixed a problem of us leaking weird goals, not looking stable. Um, and yeah, you could say it's at the detriment of our attack a little bit. But actually, our attack's now starting to click into action and we are starting to create more chances. Um, but we're keeping clean sheets, lads. Do you know how intimidating that is to opposition teams? You look at our form, right? And I'm literally looking at it right now. And a draw is yellow on this app and obviously green's a win. <laughs> All I'm seeing is green, yellow, ye- uh, wait, green, yellow, green, 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 yellow, green, yellow, green, green. It's like, bro, that takes up the whole page. You just see like <laughs> loads of greens. That's intimidating. And you, when you think that we played Atletico, we played Tottenham in that, we played Liverpool, we played Everton, we played Man United, and that's the case. What's happened to all this, oh, Chelsea haven't played a big team yet? Oh, Sorry about that. <laughs> what, what, what are they saying now? <laughs> so, do you know what? Tuchel has come in and he's fixed a problem and he's now getting us into gear. I love the fact that a lot of the players are playing with a smile on their face. He took the piss out of Jurgen Klopp at Anfield after the game, running onto the pitch, hugging the boys, and Klopp's come and pissed <laughs> off only doing little fist bumps. He's, he's, he's broken in. Like, literally, this guy, Tuchel, has just come in and been a breath of fresh air. I love his charisma. In press interviews, I love how he is with the players. I love his energy on the sidelines. I really, really like this guy. He has really won me over. Um, and we now need to start thinking of him as a serious guy. And I'm just so excited to see what we can do with him in the future. I really am. Yeah, Jay, I remember when Thomas Tuchel announced you, it was announced, you said it was like your mum bringing home the stepdad and you go, he's not my dad, he's not my dad. Um. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, he's not my dad. Uh, no, he, he's, he's he's a good stepdad, he really is. 
Uh, no, he's he's been brilliant. He's very smart. He's, he's very intelligent. Like Jan just said, I like the way he is with the press, with the players. He is just, he's, you know what, today, ever since uh, my dad left, um, I was, I've, it's, I've found it hard to get really, really excited for Just, just to games. clarify, Jay's dad hasn't actually left him. It is what <laughs> he's referring to here, just if anyone is like curious. <laughs> sorry, sorry, continue. Yeah. No, sorry, yeah. Frank Lampard. No, anyway. Um, uh, and then I, I found it hard to get excited for games uh, recently just because, you know, of what happened. It was quite a toxic place, blah, blah, blah. And Tuchel has just built it up, built it up, built it up. Now I'm again, I'm excited for games. I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating goals. Um, and he is just, he's brought so much um, to the club. And, and I'm genuinely excited for what he can do because we're in a couple, we're still in the FA Cup, we're in the Champions League and we're, we, we're looking solid in the top four. So I'm genuinely excited for what he could do this season and, of course, what he can do next season. So, yeah, big up to you, Sean. Yeah, Jack, you know, we've been nothing short of an embarrassment in the Champions League since 2014, let's be honest. He's got us, you know, halfway to getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the first time since 2014. Oh, we look defensively yeah. solid. You know, we've played big teams and they've not, we've yeah. limited them to nothing, yeah. you know, Today, again, you know, against a good Everton side, if we took our chances, we'd probably win that 4-0. But the fact we won that 2-0, and you sort of thinking, yeah, that was fairly comfortable. We're sort of, we're sort of seeing a vintage, you know, sort of a throwback, I guess, under Tuchel, sort of vintage Chelsea, where we're solid defensively. You know, while we may not be as clinical right now as we'd like, we're still winning games, and we look, we're sort of just like a, a machine. Yeah, and you're seeing us being 1-0 up, and you're... You're not too nervous going into those last 10, 15 minutes because we're how defensively solid solid we are. And also our our defending is the best way to defend in football is to have possession of the ball. And in a Thomas Tuchel team, we've got that in abundance. So <laughs> you're halfway there basically. But just yeah, the the def- how he's transformed the defense with the clean sheets and nine clean sheets out of eleven games is just outstanding and to have, I think they said he was first manager to have five five home clean sheets in the Premier League in his first five games, and to see to see that um, to see that happening again, and us, it looks like we could be starting to starting to lay the foundations again for Stamford Bridge to become a fortress, and we haven't seen that in a long time, so that's that's one of your biggest assets being good at home and if we're keeping clean sheets then you're getting one point at least and at the moment we're we're turning teams over so it's it's been a brilliant start and and like both the boys have alluded to as well next year when he's given a clean slate everyone starts on zero points and he's not having to chase down a big lead it's going to be very interesting to see see what he can do next season yeah, yeah. look I don't want to get too carried away and go like Thomas Tuchel's going to win us the lot because I've also know how Chelsea operate <laughs> and, next how, year, lads. and how managers we're going to win the Champions League <laughs> and how long managers last here. So I don't want to sort of get too carried away. But yeah. like Jay said, when Frank got with when Frank went, my interest dropped. I can't lie, I did a watch along on Jay's channel for the Wolves game, and I'll be honest, I was barely interested in the game. I think we ended up talking about sandwiches. So it was that. Um, I mean, that happens on our podcast a lot anyway, but yeah, no, particularly bit, that day. It was a bit dull. And look, you know, the start, it was a bit, yeah, you know, you're still trying to get used to it, but, you know, we're getting big results. You know, we're getting actual big, you know, performances. And what's nice is we're playing on the front foot in a lot of these big games. We look comfortable. Mm. He's working with players and getting results with players, but a lot of us have probably, I've certainly said in the past, aren't good enough for this football club. I'm sure others have felt, you know, similar sentiments. He's getting performances out of players who, you know, we doubted. Um, so, yeah, I am, I am incredibly, incredibly excited about Thomas Tuchel. I'm incredibly excited about, you know, this finish we could have in store for this season. Cause as I said, we're in the top four, albeit it's not healthy because West Ham are sort of that annoying Pest but won't go away. Spurs are sort of you don't know what you're gonna get, but they're capable of brilliance and they're sort of still amongst there. But the fact is Thomas Tuchel came in when we were five points behind Liverpool. We're now seven points clear of him. And yes, Liverpool have gone to absolute shit, which I absolutely love. 
I love inject that <laughs> right there. But Jabs the cover violins out. Um, but, but honestly, you know, the transformation he's done, two goals conceded in eleven games. You know, mm. with it's it's not just dead opposition, it's a good it's an Everton side that's gone to Spurs and one, that's gone to Liverpool and one, that's gone to United and drawn and scored three goals in that game. You know, it's against the Man United side, which we held to nothing, but just went to the Etihad the other day and rolled Man City over fairly comfortably. It's against, you know, a Liverpool side, but yeah, they're struggling. They're still the champions and we're still pretty good for, for half a season. And, you know, compared to what happened in the reverse game at the bridge where they, you know, schooled us. So, yeah, I'm incredibly, incredibly excited about Thomas Tuchel. And look, I don't want to get attached to managers because it normally just ends in heartbreak. But it's hard not <laughs> to like Thomas Tuchel. It's really hard not to like him. And any doubts, you know, I had. And look, I'll be honest, I was vocal on the pod. I was like, I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't, I don't see what we get from getting him. But you can't, you can't just like ignore or even deny the huge impact he's had. And we wouldn't be in the position we were in if he wasn't in charge. And this is coming from someone who absolutely adored Frank Lampard and backed him to the hill. We wouldn't be in this healthy position we were. We're going to, you know, we've got a strong chance of progressing to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And then once you get there, who knows what can happen? Honestly, who knows? And the way we're playing, the way we're set up defensively, who knows what we're capable of? We're in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Sheffield United, who are Sheffield United side that, you know, to be fair, they're still still fighting, but they will go down. We've got a great chance of getting to to semi-finals at Wembley and look, you know, out of the teams left, City would be the only team you have some slight fear for, but then has some of that fear gone after what happened at the weekend against United. So yeah, he's made a phenomenal start and coming in mid-season is not easy. Again, I'll just, you know, if we use a similarity, look what happened to Mourinho when he came in at Spurs mid-season. He had a sort of an initial good start and then it faded and they sort of didn't really look like an improvement on Pochettino. And this season, it sort of not necessarily looked like an improvement, but under Tuchel, it just is already a huge, clear improvement on what we're getting. So I am absolutely incredibly excited for what we've got under Thomas Tuchel. I just hope he lasts. I hope it stays here long enough because I genuinely think if he's given the time here, he's good enough to transform us into it back into, you know, a European super club and super you know, power. Superpower. And he's capable. I think if he stays, he's capable of us of winning us a Premier League if he's given the time. That, that's for big if. That's for big if. <laughs> but I hope he is given time. But honestly, I'm so excited by by Thomas Tuchel. And I did not think I'd be saying that about a month or two ago on here. <laughs> Same, mate. Yeah, exactly. We quite like our new stepdad, don't we, Jay? It's all right. He's all right. He's, all right. he's brought some sweets home and he's uh, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm enjoying it. Yep, exactly. Uh, the final question comes from RJ. And sorry to maybe end on a slight, slight down. He goes, despite the positive vibes, what areas of improvement, if any, would you like to see for Leeds and Atletico? Uh, for me, it's obvious. I'd like to see us more clinical yeah. in front of goal and uh, try and kill games off earlier. But uh, you guys, I'll see if there's anything you guys want to add. Uh, just just get take. us a striker oh. who's going to stick it in the back of the net. Just get one of those boys on form who's going to score 10, 15 goals till the end of the season. Because if we've got if we've got a striker that can stick the ball in the back of the net, we're not going to lose many games the rest of the season and we're going to turn teams over. So that's what we need. We're, as we said, we're starting to create chances now. Now we need to flip and finish them. Yeah, Jam, I'd say, you know, perhaps in a way parallels to last season in a way that this sort of time last year, we'd just seen arguably perhaps two of our best performances under Frank Lampard in being Liverpool in the Cup and beating Everton in the league in manner we did. And it's sort of just history just turns out that these last two fixtures on pretty similar dates, well, Everton exactly a year ago, uh, today is exactly the same date, that these are arguably our two best performances so far, I'd say, under Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And do you know what? Um, answering that question, um, I, don't, I really don't care what changes are, but we don't really need anything. We just need to get the Ws, man. I looked at the fixtures and Man United are playing West Ham next week. That's a big one. Um, you know, Spurs we draw are, there. Yep, yeah, Spurs are at Arsenal as well. Yeah, Arsenal, please turn up again like you did against Leicester. <laughs> Things go in our favour again. We just need to get that W. I don't care if it's one nil. I mean, ideally, if we're going to say if we're going to say improve on tonight's performance, and yeah, score more. But I really don't care. Keep a clean sheet, win the game. Let's get that W. Hopefully, the results go away. 
And then we get that W against Atletico. We're laughing. We are laughing. I literally don't care right now, actually, about us not scoring as many goals as maybe we should do. I don't care. I don't. It's, it's looking so good when you just look at the form and art and, and, and the table. It's just improving. So, yeah, um, there isn't really much to change. Long may the W's continue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Jay, anything you'd like to sort of um, see improvements on? No, I agree. I agree. I agree with the lads hundred percent. Yeah, just get the wins. I mean, you look at Chelsea. Years gone by, our identity was great defense, wasn't it? I think someone alluded to it earlier. It was great defense, fortress at the bridge, get the couple goals and get out of there. So I'm happy doing that. I mean, if if we're going to be nitpicky to the absolute tiniest bit, maybe get some of the other lads in there. Maybe we get to see a bit more Pulisic, maybe a bit more Gilmore. Because uh, you know he's st- he stuck around for a reason. Maybe let's see him a little bit, but that's absolutely nitpicking. Because I don't want to f- change too much because we're winning, of course. Yeah, exactly. Thomas Tuchel was brought in to get top four. That's what his job was. You know, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. It's looking likely that he will deliver that. As said, if we're being nitpicky, my only complaint is under Tuchel we haven't put away a team yet. Our biggest win under him is two nil. There's been some mm-hmm. really commanding performances, but we just haven't had that really big hammering of a side yet. But look, that might come. In the fixtures, Leeds will be a tough game, but there is a potential there, but we could also run riot. After that, I think we've got West Brom, Palace and Brighton. There's the potential, potentially there. Jam's just rubbing his hands together. <laughs> He's excited. Um, but there's really the potential there, but that could be when we maybe see a really big, really big result. So now nah, it's exciting times. And look, there's not, not really too many areas I, I can complain about because we just look so... Solid, and we just look so well organized. And as I said, I can't remember us looking this sort of well compact as a side, probably since we won the league under Conte. Honestly, I don't remember us just looking so like I don't want to say complete as a football team because we're clearly not complete because we're still like struggling to put the ball in back of the net at times. But in just terms of how we function as a team, we just look so so good. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited about the future. That is all yes. the questions. We are sending this week. It was an absolute blast recording this podcast. It's always good when you record after win, but beating Liverpool, it doesn't get much better than that. And when you beat Everton to, you know, to be in the top four, as I said, we're now four points, I believe, ahead of Everton now. They do have a game in hand, but it means they're relying on us to slip out. So again, I'll just go on, Jack. Can I just say Liverpool are now uh, closer to Sunderland's consecutive home losses which was 10 they're closer to that than they ever got to our consecutive wins at home so <laughs> that's my last point today uh, <laughs> they play Leipzig at home next by the way yeah <laughs> if Leipzig, Leipzig it, it's a tough ask but if you could overturn that 2-0 deficit oh my word the meltdown <laughs> would be absolutely brilliant sorry it just turned the into a Liverpool mate the apocalypse just turned into <laughs> Liverpool slander at the end here, but I'm absolutely I'm all for it. Um, the pressure right. is mounting, boys, on them. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. They're seven points behind us with ten games to go. So, had they had it for the top four, it's looking that way. It's looking that way. It's um, peak. It's peak. <laughs> indeed. It's peak. Um, that wraps oh, up it. this episode of Chelsea Podcast. What an absolute blast to record! It was so much fun. Uh, before we go, I'll get the guests again sort of to plug their social so you can follow them on Twitter. And they say, make sure you check them out. All their social will be in the description below. So, Jam, where can the people follow you on Twitter, my friend? Yes. And one thing I've just forgotten to say, and I'm just going to say it now. Big up International Women's Day, by the way. Um, I spent most Absolutely. of the day appreciating the, the lovely women in my life. You know, my mother, my girlfriend and, and my friends. And, um, you know, it's just a day... For, for, for them to appreciate each other and themselves. So, you know, big up International Women's Day. I was supposed to say that at the start, I completely forgot. But, um, yeah, I co-own the Chelsea Social. So check out the Chelsea Social on Twitter, uh, at the Chelsea Social and the women's page, which is the CFCW Social. Uh, and we, we're on YouTube now. So check out the Chelsea Social on YouTube. And my own personal handle is at carefree underscore jam. See you there. Sent there. Uh, Jay, where can the people find you on Twitter? And tell them, you know, just one last plug as well. Yeah, no, cheers. And if you're at this point in the podcast, of course, you're following that Chelsea pod on Twitter and everything because these lads do a great job. Uh, Always have fun on here. I I always come on at a good time, I think. I always get a good win, um, (laughs) luckily. Uh, Anyway, and yeah, me, I, I run 
the back post with me and my mates. We do a podcast. We just chat shit about football. Uh, it's just always a good laugh. We do them live most of the time, so you can come and see that. I'm also a presenter for Blues fans. I forget that I do that sometimes. I'd never say <laughs> it, so check out Blues fans, of course. Uh, you know what? Check out Retro Football Kits as well. That's my actual job nowadays. Um, so check that out on Twitter and all the good stuff. Yeah, and say and make sure you drop Jay a follow on Twitter as well at JTMLNS, I believe. That's the one. That's the one. And say his all their links will be in the description below. As for us, you can follow us on Instagram at that Chelsea Pod on Twitter at that Chelsea Pod. We're available on all your usual podcast platform providers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow. And to say if this is your first time listening and you really enjoyed it pass it on to a friend or even if you're a regular listener you know just pass it on spread the love of a pod around at the end of the day we're just all Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love you know and when we get to record episodes like this it is just absolute joy so it's been an absolute pleasure recording with the lads two of my favorite people on Twitter two people who supported us a great deal two people who I love to support as well so yeah, as I said make sure you check check them out they're both really really great people and until the next episode everybody keep blue flag flying sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.